Hi, sisters. Welcome back. So this week, I have a special message that I had actually had the privilege of teaching at a women's Christmas banquet recently. And it's about why we celebrate Christmas. It's so easy to get lost in the hustle and bustle of all the beautiful traditions, gift giving, Christmas cookie exchanges, parties, decorating, and all that comes with Christmas this time of year. And so in this message, I just want to get us back refocused on why we celebrate Christmas, to get our eyes fixed back on the Savior that was born. And so I pray that this message blesses you. I do want to say that the quality of the 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 sound is not the greatest because remember I was live in a big banquet room and so it's going to have more of an echo it's not going to be as pretty sounding as it is when we're recording through a microphone um on a podcast so but you will still get a beautiful message because it is God's word so Merry Christmas you guys and enjoy this message hi family welcome to God's word transforming lives Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus when they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. All right, so I'm going to read that one more time. The angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So what is good tidings? Good tidings means a good message or the good news or the gospel. See, God made a way where there was no way for sinners to be reconciled back to the creator God through Jesus Christ his son. So tonight, as we start this Christmas season, December 21st, for most of you, it's probably your first Christmas party of the season. It's probably your first gift that you received if you want. It's probably a lot of the first for you, as we now have 25 more days to celebrate this season. And so as I prayed about this message, I was praying, uh, I was talking to my husband, like, why do we celebrate Christmas, and why are we gathering, and what does it really come to mean? And my husband said, you know, you need a compliment to the Christmas story of Luke, is Philippians 2, 5 through 11. I thought, hmm, I never loved that. I just got done teaching the ladies line by line through Philippians, and I did not catch that. So I went on to read it. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of 
on the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every single tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, glory to the Father. Amen. Because I read that, I thought, he humbled himself. He became a baby, the king of kings, the creator of all things. The very word in flesh became a baby. The creator who made the stars and the moon and the trees, who created you and me. The second person of the Trinity is now the creator of humanity, has now become dependent on humanity. How? He was he has formed Mary in her mother's womb, and now he is dependent upon Mary who he formed. He needed her breast milk. He needed her tenderness and her love. My finite mind simply cannot comprehend this. The humility, the love behind Christ's great sacrifice, the redeeming humanity back to the Father, how can that be? That God who created you and me would humble himself to such a degree to become a baby and depend on his own humanity. So we know that Christ was not born on December 25th. We know that the church brought two cultures together. We understand that. But yet, over 2 billion people around the world in 160 countries are about to celebrate Christmas. It's the number one most celebrated holiday in the world. How has this tradition stood so long? Well, could it be that this tradition is a great reminder of each year for two billion people, much like Easter, that there's a transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so we celebrate the power of the gospel. Good tidings I have for you, great joy. So I'm going to start with a story. As I was thinking about why do I celebrate Christmas, because it transformed my life. I'm going to start in John chapter 4. I want to talk to you about the first time that Jesus gave good tidings. The first time Jesus preached the gospel. The first time Jesus said, hey, I'm the Messiah. I've got good news for you. I've got great joy. And she happens to be a woman. A woman at the well. Let me paint this picture for you. The women would get up early in the morning. They'd come together and they would go to the well with their water jugs to go get water to take care of their homes and their, and their animals. Not this woman. She was a woman of poor reputation. She was considered very immoral. Some called her a harlot or a prostitute. She was an outcast. Women rejected her, they gossiped about her, they whispered, they gave her dirty looks. The men so much despised her that if she was walking on one side of the street, they would go to the other side. They couldn't even be seen near her. She was alone and she was outcast and she was rejected. So she had to go to the well at noon, the hottest time of the day. Walk a long distance with her drugs by herself. Why? Because she didn't want to have to see the other women. She didn't want their dirty looks and their scornfulness and their eye rolling and their whispers and their gossip. She was broken. But this day was going to be different. She got to the well, she met a man named Jesus. And he says, Can I have a drink? 
She says, what are you, a Jewish man, talking to me for? See, back then, and still today, actually, in many cultures, Jewish men do not talk to women in public unless it's a close relative. But not only is he talking to a woman in public, he's talking to a Samaritan woman. And if you know anything about Samaria back at that time, they were considered half-breeds, half-pagan. They were considered dogs. They were worse than the Gentiles to the Jewish people. And not only is he a Jewish man talking to a woman, a Samaritan woman, but he's talking to this woman, who no one else would have anything to do with. Side note, Jesus broke down all the religious barriers to love her. How many of us have not loved people just like Jesus does because of our traditions? Our judgments, our preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. Oh, they don't dress like us. They don't talk like us. They don't worship like us. They're not saved like us. This is definitely a message for another day. But Jesus broke down a lot of religious barriers, starting with this one. See, the woman had religion. She was a Samaritan woman. She was considered half pagan, half Jewish, and in her, and they had their own temple in which they worshipped. They had their own version of the Torah. She understood temple worship. She understood that she was at the well of Jacob. She understood the, the Messiah that was prophesied about. She had enough knowledge, enough religion, that she understood what was right and what was wrong. But she didn't have redemption. She wasn't born again. There was, she didn't have the power to live in the transformed life. Oh, she had religion. There's a lot of us here today, maybe, we have lots of scripture. We were raised in a Christian home. We went to Christian school. We may even come here every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, and we're at a Christmas party. Maybe you have just enough religion. But are you born again? See, the demons will even tremble. This woman had a lot of knowledge, but she had no victory in her life or her sin. She had five husbands, and she was currently living with her boyfriend, having sex outside of marriage. And when she realized that Jesus already knew this about her, she was shocked. See, she could kind of reason with herself, but, okay, a Jewish man's talking to me at the well because he just needs water. All right, well, maybe he just really needs water, so I'm also a Samaritan woman. But now she understood, wait a minute, he knows that I'm an outcast, that I'm rejected, that I'm, I'm living a very scandalous life. And this was shocking. See, Jesus didn't condone her sin. Don't think I'm teaching hyper grace. Jesus didn't condone her sin. He loved her enough to tell her about herself. But he offered redemption. He offered a way out. See, so often we like to tell people about themselves. We like to judge them and criticize them. But we don't want to offer the hope that lies within us. See, this day he had good news, glad tidings, a way out of it. We live in a culture that says love equals tolerance. Love equals compassion. But I'm here to tell you I love you so much. And I want to tell you that Jesus loves you in your brokenness, in your pain, in your sin, and he wants to redeem you. 
I'll come back to that story in just a moment. I want to take you to another story. I want to take you to a few chapters later in John chapter 9, the blind man. This is a man who was born blind. He was without hope. There was no laser surgeries, no medications. There was nothing that could help him. Until the day he met a man named Jesus. He woke up just like the other day, just like the one at the well. He thought it was just going to be a normal day. He ran into Jesus. And Jesus touched his eyes, as you know the story goes. And all of a sudden, he could see. I love his answer to the Pharisees. When he gets to the Pharisees, they're like, who? How is it that you were blind and now you can see? And he says to them, I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is I woke up this morning blind. I was blind since birth. And I met a man named Jesus and now I can see. So that was my story 16 years ago. In my bedroom floor, I was blind. Oh, I had a lot of religion. I was the head of women's ministry. I was youth leader, church leader. I did all kinds of things. I evangelized on the streets. I quote scripture. I was full of sin and shame and brokenness and rejection. I was so full of post-traumatic stress disorder. I had plaguey panic attacks. I couldn't even function. To the point I ended up with arachophobia, which means you can't leave your house, you have a fear of the marketplace. This led to depression and then leading to suicidal thoughts, deep suicidal thoughts. I had just enough religion to send me right to hell in his name. But I was not set free. I was the woman at the well. But Jesus had something different for me. He had good news, great tidings, a good joy. I was a blind woman. And when I met him in my bedroom that morning, I suddenly could see. I didn't have doctrine and theology. I didn't understand the gospel. I had a lot of religion, but I had no idea what meant to be born again. See, that day I had realized I had broken every commandment. I told lies. I stole things, even if it was a pencil from work or baby some candy money when I was a child. You know, maybe pay prescription, someone else paying for your Netflix that you're on. I disobeyed my parents. I certainly looked upon me inner woman with lust. Jesus said that's adultery. And pornography, women are almost as much as men now with pornography. I was very abused as a child, sexually, physically, emotionally, verbally. I was angry at them. I blamed them for the reason why I was the way I was and stuck in the trauma that I was stuck in. So I was committing idolatry, idolatry. My lifestyle was blasphemous because I professed Christ, but my heart was far from him. So I found myself in this dilemma that day. I realized that I've broken every law and that God is good and he is righteous. And like all of humanity, I'm going to stand before him and give an account for the laws in which I broke. And because God is good and because God is just, just like in a human court, when I break the law, I'm going to stand before you and stand before that judge. And if it's a good judge, you can't be right. You're going to have a sentence handed down. And because he is holy and demands righteousness and demands to be glorified. 
Romans 2 says that we are storing up punishment before a holy God, and we will have to give an account. See, this is why I celebrate Christmas, dear sisters. You guys are like, oh my gosh, this is so heavy. I came here to hear about loving Jesus. I came here to be my mind renewed. I came here to feel really good about myself. Well, praise God, because now I've got the good news. Now I've got glad tidings with great joy. Because of Jesus being born 2,000 years ago, Emmanuel, God with us, he went to a criminal's cross as a sinless lamb without blemish, and he drank that cup of wrath that you and I deserve. See, in Romans, we said we're storing up our sin. You have a cup, we're all born with that cup, and we're storing up sin after sin after sin in that cup. And the more we sin, and the more we grow older, and the more that we do, that cup gets bigger and bigger. Until you go before the Lord that day, and that cup, which is his wrath, we pour out upon your head. And he is just and he is righteous to do so. But this is what the good news is. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus drank that cup for you and for me. He said it is finished on the cross. It's done. See, I've been set free from the debt that I owe. The penalty of sin, the power of sin, the shame of sin has fallen off of me. Because of a man named Jesus. So I don't just celebrate the birth of Christ. I celebrate the death, burial, resurrection, and hallelujah, he's coming back for me. Maybe today you thought, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get ready, I'm going to go to this Christmas party, it's going to be amazing, just like a day, like any other day. But Jesus is here to give you good tidings of great joy. Maybe today you need to be a man named Jesus. I just want to remind you guys why we celebrate Christmas. I'm hoping to ignite a fire in you tonight. That as we go throughout these Christian festivities, that you're reminded of the greatest gift of all. The free gift of salvation. A Savior was born. Glad tidings I have for you. Let me finish the story of the woman at the well. So here she is. This woman has all this shame. She's broken. She's rejected. Her past is hanging on her. She's weighed down by her sin. The religious leaders want nothing to do with her. She's going to the well on holiday. And I can only imagine how, I know what it's like to be weighed down with sin, to be rejected by religious people, to not even want to go to church because I'm afraid they're going to judge me. I guarantee her eyes are on the ground and she's just going about her daily chores. Jesus made all the difference. This encounter with Jesus changed her life. As she encountered him, and he told about herself, and he gave her hope for a future, and broke those chains, her eyes went down from up, and she immediately leaves, and goes running back to the village. She doesn't even leave, she leaves the water pots there, her sustenance, her earthly need. She's no longer looking at the earthly need. She is now got her eyes on heaven. And what's the first thing she does? She goes running back to the village. And she says, I met a man named Jesus. And he told me everything about myself. And who does she go running back to? The religious establishment. Her enemy. 
because she now knew what it was like to be forgiven, and she immediately wanted them to be forgiven. And she went running back to that village, a completely new creation in Christ. The truth had set her free. How do we know that this happened? They believed her. How do we know they believed her? This woman leaves rejected and broken by sin and broken by life and broken by the choices that she has made. And she comes back with her eyes looking in their eyes, leaving all the earthly things behind. It's not that a man named Jesus. She has a boldness in her. There's a newness in her. Those chains that fell off of her, and she didn't care what they thought. She was going to tell them about Jesus. And they believed her. I know they believed her because back then, if they didn't believe her, they would have never went and stopped for the same Jesus. There was something different about that woman. She met a man named Jesus, and she was transformed. Because they believed her enough to go and find Jesus for themselves, and many of them not saved. The blind man had no idea who Jesus was. All he knew is he was blind and now he could see. The story goes he lost everything. He got kicked out of the church. He, got, he, he lost all his social, any social status he had. He was a blind man, which wasn't much anyway, because he refused to not worship Jesus. So tonight, if you are here and you are burdened by sin and you're burdened by shame and rejection, and this world is just, just plummeted at you, and then your sinful nature, which we're born with, has just caused you to go in that direction, to try to numb the pain, to try to, try to make the grief go away. Maybe the church has hurt you. They've judged you. They haven't come alongside you and just said, you know what, let me walk this out with you. Let me love you through this. So I want to invite you to lay down the cross tonight. And repent of the laws that you've broken and receive the most fabulous Christmas gift, which is Christ. There is nothing you have done that he doesn't want to forgive you for. He wants to give you a new reason to celebrate Christmas this year. Ladies, don't be weighed down this year by all the traditions and cooking and parties and gift buying and all that great stuff. That's great. But we need to get our eyes off the water pots and back on the kingdom of God. We gotta get our eyes fixed back on heaven and be reminded why we celebrate Christmas. When somebody asks me why I celebrate Christmas, I have a reason why. And it's not just because of tradition now. It's not because I did it as a kid or it was fun or the cookies. It's because I met a man named Jesus and he transformed my life. I don't have post-traumatic stress disorder anymore. I don't have panic attacks, depression, suicidal thoughts. When I met Jesus, that stuff fell off of me. And I have been on a journey seeking after him ever since. I want to learn more about him. I want to know more about him. And I have fallen so completely in love with him. As even as I sat here tonight with the hats, I said, I'm sorry, I don't have hobbies that I can share with you. That does not make me self-righteous, does not make me better than, it's just that he is all-consuming in my life. That's my favorite thing to do, is to be around people, 
to be with people who love Jesus, to serve people who love Jesus or don't love Jesus. I love to wash feet. I love to be about my father's business. It brings me great joy of good tidings. And I pray tonight that a fire has been rekindled in you tonight. That like the woman at the well, you'd be willing to even leave here tonight and run back to your village and tell them about a man named Jesus who saved you, whether it was 40 years ago, 10 years ago, yesterday or tonight. Your village, your sphere of influence, your family, your friends, your co-workers. Are you willing to run back to even your enemies? Tell them about the man named Jesus who saved you and can save them. That is my hope for us as women as we go the next 25 days celebrating Christmas. And I'm going to give you an evangelistic tool. Walk up to somebody. Hey, how are you? Why are you celebrating Christmas? And I'll tell you why. And then you go, can I not tell you why I celebrate Christmas? It's a great way to give somebody good news, good tidings, joy be with you. If anybody here has a need tonight, you want to minister to, you want to be loved on, there's a man named Jesus here. We're not him, but we are his hands and feet. We want to be here for you to minister to you if we can. I love each and every one of you, and I thank you for allowing me to give this message. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you, sisters, for listening to this beautiful message. I pray that it blessed you as it has blessed me preparing for it. Lord, I just want to lift up my sisters during this Christmas season, Father, that you would just help us uh, to get our minds off of the water pots, Lord, to get our minds refocused on the real message of Christmas, the good tidings of great joy, a Savior was born. And Father, we know that Jesus is coming back for us, a bride without spot and blemish. And we thank you that we get to enjoy Christmas. We get to enjoy the beautiful traditions and have the joy and the peace and the fun. But Father, I also recognize, as you know, Lord, that not everybody has this joy and this peace that's talked about during this time of year. Many have lost loved ones. Many are grieving. Many are, um, you know, sad and in, in, in times of change. Many are struggling right now across America, just financially. And they're feeling that pressure and that, that, that burden to have to buy gifts or to do, to, to participate in these things, Lord. And I ask father that you would just minister to each and every one of our hearts, father, for those that are grieving, those that are feeling overwhelmed, those that are stressed out and those that are just able to enjoy every aspect of the season, but maybe they need to get their minds and their hearts refocused on the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Lord, that you would just bring comfort to each and every one of us, father, that you would um, just give us a peace and a joy, Father, that help us be content in all things. And Father, I ask that you do help us to spread the good news this season, Lord, that we would run back to our villages and tell them why we celebrate Christmas. The Messiah, the Savior, the one prophesied about has come to save the world. 
And so, Father, let us remember that this season, that you really are the reason why we celebrate. And everything else is fun, and it's a common grace, and it's beautiful. But let us stay focused on you, Lord, and eternal souls that we are encountering throughout this entire season, God. We thank you, Lord, for coming to this earth, putting on a human tent, dying for us, rising from the dead, giving us the resurrection of life, and that you are coming back for us, Lord. And we anticipate that. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you do in our lives. Bless my sisters this season. Bless their homes, their families, their finances. Bless their lost loved ones that they're praying for, Father God. Bless their marriages, relationships. Father, bring reconciliations where need where need of reconciliations need to come. Lord, we just thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sisters. Merry Christmas. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours. One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys. Until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.